Who let the cats out? Meow. 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 And now the cat wants back in. I'm going to kill the cat. Gus. 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 Welcome to Feather and Mountain Podcast, Season 2, Episode Surprise 6. We are here today. I'm Delusions of Grendel. Yeah, whatever. You get it. I'm here with Greyhame. Hey. You get it. Okay. It's a surprise thing today. Surprise. Surprise. I love surprises. We're dropping this on a Sunday. It's crazy because the New York Comic Con panel happened on Friday, October 7th. And even though we didn't get to see all of the clips as they were played on the virtual ticket, we did see, I'll say, two of the four. We're missing the Matt scene and we're missing the Elaine scene. At the time of recording, Amazon still hasn't dropped those. So we will talk about it in a future episode at some point whenever they're dropped, but I don't think we'll do a specific episode to talk about those. Because of course, if you're new to this podcast, what you may not know is that I am a veteran reader of The Wheel of Time and Greyhame, why don't you again just give a little bit of your background regarding The Wheel of Time to maybe our first time listeners. Well, I have two of my three children devoured that series of books back in the day. And I, I didn't really pay attention. I don't, know, I don't know why I didn't pay attention, but I didn't. And uh, never really got into it. And then, of course, the TV show uh, was scheduled to come out last year. I thought, well, they love it. I, I should uh, jump in and read it. I have read book one. And I started on book two. But I wasn't loving it, so I put it aside. Uh, that That's sort of been my COVID thing. I can't read very much. I can watch stuff, but I just can't read very much. Anyway, um, I wasn't loving book two where it was starting and uh, was struggling through it anyway. And then I mean, uh, you had some real life shit going on at the same time. Uh, you know, like, stuff going on. Could have distracted you from reading. Just saying. Little things here and there. But anyway, so Delusions um, said, hey, uh, I'm going to change season two of the Feather and Mountain cast, so why don't you be the never reader? And I said, okay, so I'm going to stop reading. So I'm not a never never reader. I'm a book one reader and that's about it. And I don't know the characters well, and I don't know Robert Jordan's world very well. That, that's sort of me. Again, for those new to the podcast, we will be going into a dive of all eight episodes from the perspective of someone who has read Eye of the World, but really nothing else of the series, which I think makes a huge impact for season one, because there was a lot of changes from the first book. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly a benefit to not having read past or not having read a lot of the books. Watching a lot of them with you or talking to you after watching them, because we had a couple of overlapping times because, of course, my beloved and I were out here uh, for Christmas last year and we got to watch the finale together and get caught up and watch a lot of the shows. Your personal belief and uh, trust in Rafe Judkins came through very clearly and... I'm a very patient watcher. I don't, you know, just because a chapter doesn't play out exactly on TV as it does in a book, that that never bothers me. So I I like taking a bigger view and seeing how the path winds its way through and then enjoying it for that. I did like the series for the most part. Yeah. And I mean, everyone has critiques. And again, we will get into that. Mm -hmm. But that's not what we're here tonight to talk about. We are talking about the New York Comic-Con panel that featured Madeline Madden, who plays Egwene Alvere, Marcus Rutherford, who plays Perrin Abera, Daniel Henney, who plays Alan Mandragoran, Donald Finn, who plays Matt Cawthon. Season two. In season two, not our dear Barney Harris. And Kira Coveney, who plays Elaine Trackend. Who I don't know. Who you don't, well, I mean, you briefly met her in book one. 
along with Rafe Judkins, the showrunner, mm-hmm. which was very cool to have there. Mm-hmm. It, we'll briefly talk about the Rings of Power panel as well, but there was certainly a different vibe not having the showrunner there mm-hmm. because Rafe can talk about a lot and also the cast members can look to him for guidance, yes. which you don't always get. Different scenarios where they are, too, because, of course, Rings of Power, uh, episode seven had just aired before the Comic-Con, and one episode left. They're not even hinting it. Uh, Season two, everything's about, are you Sauron? I'm Sauron. I'm Sauron. All the actors, I'm Sauron. I'm Sauron. It was very cute. Uh, But we're obviously, as our friend on Twitter would say, it is now day 222, and I'm still waiting for the release date of uh, season two of Wheel of Time. So We don't have that. There may have been a hint. There may have been a very small hint regarding the ways and like a phrase that was said to indicate basically the timeline for season two may be sooner than we're anticipating because there's been a lot of speculation that it'll be summer 2023 july 2023 seems to be pretty popular i'm hopeful that we will get it christmas day i'm throwing that out there i have no basis in we're certainly to early on. in 2023 yeah i know the vfx is a little bit backlogged right now in the industry so i'm just i'm just hopeful if it airs the same day as bridgerton i'll be thrilled <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Bridgerton's actually airing on Christmas this year, but I, it doesn't matter. I'm a never watcher, so um, it doesn't matter. Uh, this me is at all. not going to be a Bridgerton podcast with no. my father. That would be weird. That is um, yes. That's a that's an after dark podcast with mostly Brie. <laughs> so New York Comic Con panel. I know you probably don't watch a lot of these Comic Cons. No, not really. No. And so I did put it on the TV and just. Leave it out there. Your thoughts on the panel, your thoughts on the actors, some of the news that Rafe may have given us, and overall impression. And sure, you know what? We can throw also Rosamund Pike's welcome video into that because that was adorable. Which we couldn't see until later. Yes, and I will link it in the description as well if you haven't seen it yet. It's amazing. I would say this about Rosamund Pike. She is very passionate about her role as uh, Moraine. Uh, She's an incredibly funny lady. And I think she's got a split personality. That's all I'll say about <laughs> Rosamund Pike. Rosamund, if for some reason you listen to this, I am just so spellbound by your pl- portrayal of uh, Moraine. I, I think you're awesome. And thank you for, for taking this not only just seriously, but for diving into the whole world because uh, you make it a better place. That's that's my thought. On the, on the panel that were there, I think uh, it was great that Rafe uh, was involved because he was able to clarify things. Probably the biggest news item that I heard is that because of all the changes Jordan made in the later books, which I have no idea mm-hmm, what they are, mm-hmm. that they're kind of condensing books one, two, three into seasons one and two. For, I, I, mean, I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing, but basically at the end of season two on TV will be pretty much at the end of book three. I that's think. correct. And I think that's a good thing because first of all, I'm an old guy. I can't sit there and, and watch 15 seasons Sorry, 14 seasons. And a prequel. And a prequel. 14 seasons of a TV show if it went book by book by book. And and frankly, as I understand it from the two uh, older nerds in my family who have read through it and devoured the series, some of the early stuff really does kind of meander. And, and things changed as he further developed the universe. So The magic changed, the characters, where they were good. going. And like even the length of the series, there's a lot of things that changed. Probably um, started in his mind as a really cool trilogy, because trilogies yeah. are the thing in fantasy. Then and Tor then Tor granted it six books, 
And then it was just however many you want to give us. <laughs> you are selling a lot. But how many did he write do. before he passed? Uh, so he wrote up to Knife of Dreams, and he also wrote the prequel. So he wrote 11 of the main series, and then the prequel book, New Spring. Okay. And then uh, you had the, the new gentleman come in. Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson. I've heard lots of interesting things about I I, I love the actors. They obviously have a lot of fun with each other. Uh, but because, and this is going to happen with the Wheel of, um, the Rings of Power as well, as they branch out into their things, they're not going to be together too much. So they actually really quite enjoyed their time together, which was cool. And when they were asked about their favorite part so far, they all talked about being able to watch the screening of the first few episodes together because they were together. And then, of course, they start to break apart through the season. And I guess season two, and certainly for a little bit beyond, are, are, are guys from the the river, the, what's their, uh, two, two rivers. rivers. I, think they, I think they changed it. They, well, it, it's Emmons Field is Emmons the Field. village they're from. But then in the show, it's just because it's part two of the rivers. greater Two Rivers County. Yeah, our we'll Two Rivers it. clan will be apart quite a bit, maybe yeah. in pairs and like in Nynaeve and Egwene in one group and Perrin and Matt and on another. And then probably uh, King Rand, oops, sorry, um, Randall Thor on his own because he seems to be a sullen, miserable son of a gun. He'll figure it out. He's brooding and he's got some stuff to work through. I understand. Fate of he's the no world Thomas on Covenant. Shoulders. He's no Thomas Covenant, probably the grouchiest hero of any book series I've ever read. But he does seem to be a little miserable. He's got some drama, and he's, he's gonna. Although in the in the trailer, I, I'm oh. sure all of the female fans and any fan that is of you know cheering on the male persuasion that cross him on the wheel of time cross with his you know rippled body and everything. I'm probably pretty positive. Just Yosha Stradowski strapped to the wheel is now a sexual orientation. <laughs> That's just that's gonna get everyone going. That is that is pansexuality at its finest. There you go. Well done, Yosha. I mean, my my overarching thoughts of this panel was I had because I watched last year's as well. I had so much fun with this panel, just seeing everyone in person and seeing them all share the stage together instead of a Zoom session with right. them. Right. Yeah. Being um, live together was probably fun for them, too. Being live. And the chemistry, uh, Madeline Madden and Daniel Henney were yeah. seated side by side. There was a really lovely moment where Daniel Henney basically said what he was looking forward to the most in season two was Egwene's arc and seeing Maddie portray her. And it was just the most heartfelt and sincere thing. They're sitting side by side. You know, Maddie can actually, like, grab his knee and just... Like, it's very clear that these guys have a rich and deep bond. And it was really special to was see that Was that his biggest out. reveal or the fact that he really enjoys doing the scenes with uh, Nine? With Zoe. Yes. Yeah. Well, it wasn't his biggest reveal. And I will kind of just walk <laughs> through some of what I found to be the biggest re- reveals and everything from the panel. But just, yeah, big thoughts, big takeaways. Everyone there in person together. Of course, we missed Yosha Stradowski, Rosamund Pike, and Zoe Robbins plays Nynaeve. We missed them very much. They're not filming season three yet. So maybe they're just off doing different projects. And I assume the big delay here is just COVID-related, where they couldn't get everybody together to do all the filming and stuff just because maybe part of it came with the change with Mad. Maybe some feedback from season one and they started to do some rewrite to accelerate things. I mean, season two filmed starting last July 
through until May. Okay. So they have wrapped filming for season two. They may be doing some reshoots, which wouldn't surprise me because now they're going back through and doing the VFX right. for everything. And again, I've heard that there's been a backlog of that in the industry. I've also heard, if I may quote Adele, rumor has it that the VFX budget may be a bit bigger for season two. Well, it was a unqualified success at the time. It was the Prime's, it was Prime's leading stream. Of course, that's been eclipsed by Rings of Power now, but it's still in its top six, I believe, based on the stat I that I saw. I think it was the most streamed show in... 2021? Three quarters. Yeah. Like, I think it took it for quarter four of 2021 and quarters one and two for 2022, which is... And I'll, I'll fact check myself on that and, you know, bring you up to speed next episode. But I'm pretty sure that's true. And considering the marketing budget, which... Sarah Nakamura alluded to in the Dusty Wheel chat on Friday was not substantial. Hmm. I think that says a lot. They really didn't have a lot of play to work with with respect to marketing because a lot of their money had to go into COVID-related things from season one. So it took a bigger chunk than they were expecting. And that meant they had almost no like budget to play around with for marketing. So about the panel itself, what we learned is, as you said, Graham, season two takes it through the end of TDR, The Dragon Reborn, which isn't surprising because Rafe has previously talked about, I think it was on either Instagram, no, it was Twitter, when he came in and answered some fan questions and basically just said, season three is all The Shadow Rising. That is a book that deserves its own season. That is a book that changes where this story goes. That is many people's favorite book of the series. Shadow Rising, fan favorite. I'm a fan of Matt Cawthon. I like book five, and I will say you no have some more great about fan that. Art. It's, I do. Uh, no. uh, by Corey Lansdale, okay. who lives up in Edmonton. Ah. Yes. Uh, so I have a... Corey, it's beautiful. I, I have seen it, and just as a general fantasy fan, I just love the art, which um, Grendel has uh, very nicely displayed at her house. I actually... So I won the Randall or the Yosha Stradowski one. At WatCon, I haven't framed it yet, but it's also a Corey Lansdale special. It's very beautiful. Uh, so we we learn season two takes us to the end of The Dragon Reborn. Most of this beginning stuff is all from Daniel Henney. Daniel Henney was serving up information. He is so generous to the fans. He loves being loved. I guess he loves living It was as clear well. that he was comfortable doing it, that he maybe has a bit more experience than this type of thing than his He's cohorts. He's in his 40s, yeah. And he, he was comfortable doing it. He never crossed the line because if he was going to say something, it was that quick glance down at Rafe and whether it was the nod or the shake. But yeah, he, he did offer up some good information, which yeah. was nice. So he also let us know... Um, just his comments about his and Moraine's relationship, I thought, were really impactful. That Moraine being cut off from the source puts Lan in a place of uncertainty. And he described this as being a journey season for Lan. Yes. One quote he said that I absolutely loved was, Lan is a boy with no home, a king with no kingdom. I think he had found a home in Moraine, and with Moraine now cut off from the source and her being lost, they're both journeying basically to find some version of themselves outside of this singular quest they've had to find the Dragon Reborn, 
which really excites me for season two because, I mean, no spoilers, but in The Great Hunt, book two of The Wheel of Time, they're not really major players. We don't really see a lot of them. And there's no way that you're going to have Rosamund Pike take a back seat yeah. in season two of a That's show a like rewrite this. that I understand makes a lot of sense. You've got a major act- actor who's doing a great job in such a key role. Don't don't put her aside. Change it for TV. Bring her out. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Henney basically just talked about his arc and Moraine's arc and obviously complimented Rosamund Pike to the sun and stars. We're no longer watching. We're no, we, we don't have Virgin River in the background anymore. It's now Never, Never Have, have I, I Ever, ever. which yeah. is a great Mindy Kaling show. We'll have a separate discussion about that. It's excellent. Anyway, if you want your, your high school fix, please go watch that. From Daniel Henney, the moderator moved to having questions to uh, Madeline Madden. Now, this moderator, he was fine. Do I think that he necessarily presented the cast with the best questions. Well, I think he's clearly, he's a TV guy, dude, and he clearly knew the TV show. I don't think he had a clue about the book. No. That, that was my thing. It would be like me having watched the TV show once, because he probably has to watch a bazillion things, and maybe he scanned it a second time to get himself prepped, but he wasn't really into the environment. He wasn't, and he set this question up. This, again, I'm just going to go through, like, favorite moments, basically, for the panel to me. He set this up to Madeline Madden, like so. We all know Rand is a snack. Oh, yes, right. And now he's talking, of course, about a Wayne and Rand's divergence on the path. And, you know, like, how are you going to function without a man? Yeah. And Madeline Madden's answer was this. I think being an independent woman is really the whole damn meal. It was a very good answer. I love she it. She I love her character. Ass. Yeah. I, I love her character and I love the way she portrays the character. Uh, but just the actress coming out and saying, what kind of question is that, dude? And, and putting him in his place with such eloquence, I thought was awesome. Yeah, incredible. Well done. I mean, Madeline Madden, you embody Egwene in every way. She could not be in better hands. Egwene is probably my favorite female character in all of fantasy. Mm. I like... A line like that is just excellent. Uh, so, we, you know, we talk a little bit about Egwene. Madeline Madden indicated that in season two, we're diving more into the Sean Chan world. And she left it at, it was a difficult season to shoot she was also complaining about her bedroom being worse than matt's yes matt's uh, a, a jail cell that he had more comfort in a jail cell than she had in a bedroom so i'll see what that really means whenever it comes out yes daniel henny at the end did speak about Egwene's arc this season and talks about how this is or sorry i think it was rafe not daniel henny rafe judkins talked about Egwene's arc at the end of season two and how it is quite frankly iconic and it is something that I cannot wait to see on screen. I am so happy they're going to be spending a bit more time with her. In the trailer there was a shot of Madeline Madden as Egwene screaming. Yes, that's so. about it. That was about the only main shot that I saw of her. Yeah. And Nynaeve I just saw with the sword battle. Yeah. And we will talk about that in, in just a quick second. Uh, moving through, we talked a little bit to Marcus Rutherford as parent. Again, I really don't think the moderator knew where he was going. So I'm going to supplement this conversation about Perrin with my good friend Joe Perry's question that he put to him because Joe and all of Tucker and Riyadh was in the ep- was in the audience at NYCC and Joe got up to ask a question and basically asked about a certain love interest for Perrin and whether that was a possibility 
or where it was going. Bless Marcus Rutherford. I think he is not reading the books until he is told that he can. Oh, okay. Because he he asked if he was talking about a wolf. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say anything more about that. Because again, this is a spoiler-free podcast for readers new to the series. But I will say that Rafe Judkins talks about a certain character coming in season three. So that is going to be a season three thing, not a season two thing. That Perrin's still got some growing to do, and that, that makes sense. He's got a... He's got a lot of trauma to overcome, and his battle this season is going to be about his relationship with violence, and I'm okay with that. Okay, sure. I mean, I think he still has to wrestle with the fact that his wife was slain in mm-hmm. episode one, because if he had read the books, he would go, what? And then find out. So anyway, that was a good ad, in my humble opinion, because it shows that he needs some growth. But he, the character is still young, right? I mean, never been out of uh, Two Rivers. Now he's exploring. It's way beyond his depth. He's gets yellow eyes. What the heck is going on? I don't think by the end of season one, he still had to figure it out. So Definitely. season two, he can spend a lot of time figuring life yeah. out. I mean, we leave Perrin at season one with not picking up any weapon and letting Padden Fane walk out with the Horn of Valir. So that's where we're at. We leave Perrin in a difficult place with respect to his relationship with violence. He hasn't picked up a weapon since he killed his wife. Right. And that's a tough one because we've seen him travel with the Tuatha on. We've seen him have a great discussion with Illa. We've seen him consider the place of violence in the world. And what it sounded like from this panel is that's where we're going to continue to go with Perrin. It makes sense. So, if anyone knows me, Perrin is my least favorite character. I what, a, love, what a great actor, though. Love yeah. Marcus Rutherford. Yeah. I'm excited for show Perrin, and I'm genuinely excited about the direction that the show is taking him. So, I, I'm okay with this. Sounds I like you like... and Rafe are on the same page that way, and that he's trying to make Perrin a strong character and, and early like, on and and parents a difficult one just because he is so in his head all the time moody and broody and you can't as rafa said in the past like how do you write that <laughs> how do you write a character like you need to give the audience something that they can work on so that they can see what he is thinking without having all of the words because he's not someone who talks all the time so anyway, that's where Perrin, it seems like he's going. I'm excited. I don't think we're going to have any earth-shattering moments from Perrin in season two, but I think it'll be a fun development with his character to get him to a place in season three where standout moments may happen. And that's all I'll say about <laughs> Perrin's arc in The Shadow Rising. We come back to Rafe a little bit afterwards in the panel. Um, Rafe says that what he's excited about the most in season two is our character's just talking to each other. I will say an ongoing joke in the Wheel of Time is that there is no communication. Right. <laughs> so that was that stood out to me in particular because like, what do you mean talking to each other? They never talk. <laughs> That's the problem. The series could have been four books if they talked to each other. But all of that being said, he basically built on, you know, like season one. It sounded like it is a difficult thing when you're building a world like this. Season one is effectively, here is the vast world. Here's our major players. You don't get to spend time just living in their space a little bit, right? Like you don't, you have to be moving quickly, trying to get as much on screen as you can, conveying this massive world and not playing as much. And now it seems like the world has been created and there's a lot more room for play. Lots of foundations. You know all the major characters for the most part. I'm sure there's more that will come out because there's lots of books. But uh, the uh, Three Rivers folks you know pretty well. You know Moraine fairly well. You'll probably learn more about her in Season 2 because they've changed her arc a little we bit. We learn that she's going to Kyrian. Right. Moraine is going back to Kyrian. This is huge. 
This is not in the books. This is going to be new to show viewers and book readers alike. It is, I'm so excited, Moraine and Kyrian, where she was raised. We learned that from the preview. Buckle up. I don't actually know what that means, but I'm excited. Intrigue, baby. We talk again a little bit with Daniel Henney. This is when he says, I get really excited when I get to work with Zoe. It's very light. That's kind of his best part of filming because so much of Lan is like... Serious, brooding, fighting, stabbing, you know, protecting, being a heroic lead figure. And now he just gets to play around with Zoe and she keeps it light. She keeps it fun. Um, So that's really exciting. And it means, I'm hopeful, it means that there's some more scenes with Lan and Nynaeve in season two. I can't really see how there wouldn't be after where season one left it. But I'm intrigued, knowing where the books go, how they're going to take this arc in season two. We'll see. Okay. Watch and find out, I guess. After that little piece of information from Daniel Henney, we got to meet the new Matt Cawthon. Donald Finn came out on stage. Apparently there was a great scene of him and Leandrin, played by Kate Fleetwood, in Matt's room in the tower. So we know that's going to happen. It's... Uh, The moderator described it as a dom and sub thing. (laughs) I haven't seen it. I will say Tom from Takaran Riyadh said it was his favorite part of the panel. They will have their episode out on Monday talking about it, but it's going to be full spoilers. So they'll describe the scene a little bit more, but I really think it's just going to be one of those things you have to see. We don't know how long the clip was. A minute, maybe. And then this beautiful Irish boy came out and just broke into a very relaxed position. He seemed comfortable. He seemed happy to be there. He's very excited to be part of the program, for sure. I don't know why. Was it Barney? Is that Barney play? Harris. Barney Harris. Barney, if you listen to these things, I don't know why you left. I, I'm sure there was obviously great reasons for it. But I will say Donal seems to be a passionate new member of the team. And it will be interesting to see him jump into that character. I don't think the show will skip a beat. I think it will move right on. I, we saw some pictures of uh, the new Matt, and he looks so close to the old Matt, they, it'll just be a seamless transition. But yeah, he, he seems to love it, which I think is great. It's always nice when an actor just jumps in with two feet into their into their role. So he'll, he'll be a great addition to the squad. Yeah, I am now. I can comfortably say I'm excited to have him. It took me a very long time to get there. No shade against Donal. It was just when Barney Harris, when the casting for that was released in 2019, I looked at him and I said, that's Matt that's Coffin. Matt that's my boy. I've been reading these books since I was 11 years old. He was him. He played him exceptionally in season one. And now, you know, it's been a year. It's been some time. We knew that he wasn't coming back for season two. And I'm excited again. Part of that was because my great friend, Baden Chiad, went to see him in Boston. He Don, Donald Finn is currently, until October 8th, actually, I think tomorrow, is currently performing um, on stage in a Sing Street, it's called. Oh, cool. Anyway, he's on there. He's amazing. She went to see him. She has a whole article about it. I'll link it. He's incredible. So now my hype train is up. I'm ready for Donal. Uh, shortly after that, we got to meet Elaine. Again, there was another scene that we didn't get to see of Elaine in the White Tower acting as a novice. Kira Kovny came out. Uh, she had a couple softball questions lobbed her way. Rafe Judkins is the one who really hyped her up. And he basically said, when Kira Kovny has to come in, like Elaine comes in, she is the daughter heir of Andor. She has been told since the day she was born that she is going to be queen. And then she has to come to a tower where it's all powerful women. And she is not the most powerful one. And she just has to 
relearn a rank that she never knew that she would have to acclimatize to. And Rafe then talks about when the Lion of Andor is within Elaine and how well Kira portrays that because there are a couple of moments in season two where this lion comes out. Um, so your thoughts, I guess, just on, on Kira Kovni coming in as Elaine, really only having met Elaine in book one uh, when Rand falls over the wall while he's watching Loghain being paraded. Yeah, to the point where I couldn't remember that that regal person's name until you reminded me. That, what the part I like but Rafe, that Rafe said was that she was able to show regal really dramatically, like very very fluidly, and then at the same time, her naivete. So, again, another actor that was so excited to be part of this, obviously enjoyed season one, and loved the fact that she was now being included going forward. I, she seems like an incredible actress. Hasn't done a lot of stuff. I, I, I did the IMDb thing on the actress. She's done like four or five things, period. That's Pretty it. Young. A lot of stage work, though, and uh, obviously very accomplished that way because they were very respectful of her and very excited that that actress would deign to join their team. They were pretty excited about it, which was nice to see. Don't know the character at all. I have no idea. Um, she's a beautiful young lady. I expect that she'll put a lot of interesting things into the into the show. I, I, I'm assuming that she and Rand get together, but who knows? He's a broody guy and a couple of gingers probably won't work out, but that's a different issue. The other things that just kind of stood out from the rest of the panel, uh, Donal got some shout-outs after Daniel lobbed. Maddie's performance up is ready to see how Egwene comes to fruition in this season because as Rafe said she has an iconic sequence at the end so we're all hyped for Egwene this season honestly if she doesn't get an Emmy before the season even airs I'm gonna be pissed but there was also some love given to Donal where it was indicated that he's embraced Matt in such an effortless way he has brought such a wonderful light and he continues to keep a bit of humor in the world which is to me that's my Matt Coffin Okay. And I'm so excited to see that Matt on screen. A little cheeky, a little... little cheeky, little coy. He's always like... Still Matt brave hides... at heart, I'm assuming. And uh... Matt hides trauma and humor, and uh, I can relate to that. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we got a little shout-out to Ayula, who wasn't there. She's playing Avienda. That's just a name to you at this point. I have no idea what that is. A little shout-out to Ayula. Another shout-out to Zoe Robbins. Her storyline this season, she's done a beautiful job. Rafe indicated that there are some arches in this season, too, and I am leaving that for the book readers and show-only listeners. You can speculate about that what, all you was want. Was it your conversation or was it their conversation talking about strong women with swords? Because we talked about Galadriel, of course, in Rings of Power and, and Queen Muriel and how strong they are. Uh, that Nynaeve, maybe it was something I read on Twitter that somebody goes, oh, yeah, sure, Galadriel or, or Nynaeve have come out with a sword thing and everybody gets all you know excited, but... You know, you show Land doing the dipsy doodle with the sword, and nobody says it says boo. So, you know, kudos. Because I know that conversation came out later in the panel. It's an open environment. They want to make sure to represent all types of people and uh, people of different styles, etc. In the program, and everybody's welcome. And I, I think the crowd generally appreciated that, which is good. No trolls in the crowd. So, strong women. Why not? 
And I will say this about Nynaeve wielding a sword. I haven't seen any of the comments on Twitter disparaging her. Typically, my feed is filled with my wonderful friends who often share the same viewpoint as I do regarding the changes to the show. Um, Of course, there are differences. Sure. But with respect to Nynaeve, I don't think it's a spoiler to say in the show she doesn't have, or sorry, in the books, she doesn't have a sword. But what we know about Nynaeve's character from the first season, let's look at episode four. Let's look at that moment where Loghain's army is coming to free him. Oh, right. And they're coming through the forest, and she is standing there, effectively helpless, while she needs a man to defend her. She doesn't do much. She holds her dagger. Based on what you've seen from Nynaeve in season one... Doesn't she take a trollic down at the end of episode one or the start of oh, episode yeah. two? Oh, Episode three, that's the cold open. Okay. Her with a knife. Right. So we've seen her prowess. We know that she was trained in hunting. She can clearly track land. Well, she said that she tracked and marine. And the chick can channel. She, she can channel. But what happens if you can't channel? So we see her tr- we see her training with a sword. I think she's training with warders because that's the only clip we get. I think Maxine might be one of them, but that could just be my hopes up because I love uh, <laughs> Alana and her two warders, Ivan and Maxime. I would love to have more time with them. I'm hopeful that's who Nynaeve is training with. And it makes sense to me in terms of Nynaeve's character for her to want to find every single way for her to protect herself. That is something that, regarding her character, makes sense to me. Anyway, I I wasn't thrown off by it. I'm excited about it. You, as a book one only reader, I'm assuming you're unfazed by Nynaeve with a sword. Uh, well, no, I, I it, like I don't know why you would be phased by it. It's TV, and uh, the books were written. When did you guys start? Reading? Like 1990 something. The first book came out. First two books came out in 1990. Yeah, we started reading in 99. So we are 30 years along. Not that truly uh, equality has moved that greatly over that period of time, but. Uh, why not? And and she's such a uh, capable actress in terms of both the physical as well as the... Uh, I mean, she was a Power Ranger. I forgot. Yellow Ranger. Yellow Ranger. Yes, well, uh, she knows her stuff. Uh, no, why? Like, I don't know. I don't know why anybody would be phased by that, but the, the quick little glimpse we saw in the trailer, man, she's she's got that sword thing down pretty good. She does. Other moments from the trailer that stood out to you... Anything in particular? Talked about Rand on the... Uh, Rand on the, the wheel. Rand on the wheel on the cross. Moraine talking about, um, you know, your life is changing and we have to adapt. Uh, obviously, lots of overtones with that. We didn't kill the dark one. Or and I, I still couldn't remember who the, you know, the lieutenant, the, the, the strongest person with the black gun, with the uh, the black power is. Uh, I, remember, I remember from the actor in the show, but I, I'm not in tune with the character yet good um but yeah okay so there's a bad dude and uh people will have to have to uh tackle that uh a little bit of matt in the trailer looked like he was fighting something and then he was struggling in uh prison and uh naive yeah we, uh, but really the only thing i remember from her is is that that uh, thing she looks so scared there's also the moment of her in the grass don't remember it very fleeting glimpse. She looked a little younger. Oh, a, fa- a flashback, you'd be thinking. Oh, I know what it is. I won't say, but I know what it is. And it does have something to do with Rafe's comment, and I am excited. Okay, here's the arc. I have no clue. <laughs> I think the actress is great, though. But, I, I mean, it, to me, it was like a typical teaser trailer. If you know the topics, here's a whole bunch of quick images. Boom, 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 boom. If you don't, it's like, wow, there's a lot of 
a lot of stuff going to happen in season two. I enjoyed season one. I'm going to watch it. That's kind of what I got out of the trailer. The season one recap was hilarious, hilarious. to me. It was funny. Like 15 seconds of all these scenes, one frame at a time being thrown in there. Okay. <laughs> but you know, you, you can slow it down and it will yep. be picked apart in terms of the relevance and what people chose. I loved, I actually really loved that. <laughs> Quick summary. Here you go. Enjoy that at 0.25 speed. Yeah. Yeah, my overall impressions of the trailer, I'm not going to give too much. I am excited. There are some scenes in there that blew my mind, and I cannot wait to see them on camera. Again, Rafe's comment about Egwene having an iconic sequence at the end has every part of me excited. Um, The bigger breakdown of the trailer, if you want a full spoiler review of that, Unraveling the Pattern has just released his video. I will link that in the description. Likely spoilers abound. All I'm going to say is, talk friend social. And... (laughs) You're saying words right now. I have no clue what you're you're saying. Uh, That will be there. The Dusty Wheel did a six-hour live stream. Six hours, people. You know, went to Snow Trailer Gaiden, which was 12 hours. But I do appreciate a good six-hour stream. So, of course, I'm going to link Matt's. uh, (laughs) I've watched a few of the Dusty Wheels with you. And I love that group. They're outstanding. Matt is just obviously knows his stuff. And it's, it's... actually quite entertaining even for a non old non nerdy old guy like me I, I i was enjoying it in the background stuff so yes uh so good. that that's going to be linked in the description if you actually just want to sit down and you haven't already delved into this material that's not what we're here for we are a never reader uh and a veteran reader and uh, one thing i will say spoilers. is given the success of season one i expect they will have a more robust budget in season two and it's beautiful and visually stunning as season one was they probably don't have the budget of rooms of power but uh it'll be more and i expect even more beauty and stuff and some of the quick things we saw was some gorgeous landscapes and stuff in in the uh, scenery i mean just some good as... manicures <laughs> yeah yeah the the long the long nails mm-hmm. saw a couple of funny tweets about that how can he hold a sword with those anyway it, it should be a visually appealing just a beautiful cinematography kind of season as well. It'll be even better than season one, which I thought was pretty darn good for uh, its first thing. So from that perspective, I think it'll just be fun to watch because it'll be beautiful. Yeah. And no COVID filming restrictions, which should uh, definitely help with that. Um, So that is our recap of the NYCC panel. I had fun with it. It was a good hour. It was nice to see everyone again. We've been pretty starved for news. It was really nice for them to come. They had they didn't have to release the teaser trailer. Uh, I'm hopeful that they will put the scenes up online with Donal and Kira so that we as a fan base can get very excited for them and what they're coming to. That being said, I was at WatCon and they only released one of the deleted scenes. They showed two at WatCon. They only released oh, one. So they may not release it all. They may not release it. And that's totally fine if they, if they go that way. Um, I'm happy... Eventually, we'll get a release date. It'll come in with the trailers and they do the more formal uh, release on trailers and stuff. We'll get there. Whatever they want to do for marketing, honestly, we're so starved that I'm... I'm just happy to get any content, and this has rejuvenated my enthusiasm for season two way more than I thought it would. There's a lot there to break down. There is going to be big moments for lots of characters. I look forward to it. If we want to briefly just touch on Rings of Power... Honestly, I don't have that much to say about the panel. I've I've heard before, and watching it was fun. The the, the actor who plays Gil Gallad, he's <sighs> funny as hell, 
And apparently it was evident that he was sort of the ringleader of a lot of the parties and stuff that they would do in that. <laughs> and it was very funny. It was also um, interesting just to hear, uh, you know, the Queen Muriel, the actress who played Queen Muriel, obviously a very eloquent speaker. And she did command a lot of the conversation just because she's so good. And the star man, very quiet, a very well-regarded actor. Everybody mm. praised mm. his performance because he had to act without words. And he is such a, but he's not that tall, well, to the other ones, right? <laughs> so Gil Gallad's very tall. Calabrimbor's very tall and very English and very proper and wouldn't, you know, give out anything. John. The, John. And the only fun part was uh, everybody go, I am Sauron. I am Sauron. I am Sauron. I am Sauron. Nobody said Beric was Sauron, but... Uh, that's because they're trying funny. to throw us off the scent yeah. <laughs> as Beric took off last episode, galloping back towards the Uruks. Anyway, that's our breakdown that's coming out next Thursday. We're getting into episode seven. Holy smokes, we have a lot to say. Um, but that episode, as always, is coming out on Thursday. They threw Thursday. the bell rock way ahead of my prior commentary, know, but that's all right. I'm, at least I knew say. it was coming. We might touch a little bit more on the panel then, but honestly, this panel to me, the Lord of the Rings, it was fun. I know that was the major draw to get people in the room. And again, the same deal, right? They, they hadn't been together because uh, they filmed two and a half years ago is when it started, and that they were all on different arcs to begin with. They're kind of coming together at the end of season one, and they became really good friends that just like the Wheel of Time cast and it's and they loved watching each other on it but they hadn't been together in scenes so for them it was probably very very nice and rewarding to be sitting in the same room with some of their colleagues yeah and, and just hanging out together and, and listening to the crowd appreciate their work yeah uh we didn't get a lot in terms of i mean what do we know what's coming i actually think next year's panel will be more fun with rings of power because we can actually speculate about season two right because i don't think it's going to be airing at the same time i could be mistaken could totally be mistaken on that but this year i mean they've filmed season one they're in the middle of filming season two or they've just started sorry not the middle they are at the beginning of filming season two and there's one week left of season one so they're not going to give us any spoilers no for spoilers what's coming were in the given last no episode. hints no nothing there's nothing to go on for season two so it was fun to see everyone in the room together but i didn't like we'll i didn't see more calabrimbor they were totally. they were asking about rings and stuff way too soon for him to be brewing <laughs> on rings but we should see some stuff from him but yeah. that, that's about all but that we kind of thought that anyway yeah so it was a fun panel it was enjoyable to watch. It was good to see some chemistry yeah. on stage, but not as much that I took away from it, certainly. But we've also been waiting almost, well, it was, at this point, It was like keeping the fans years. happy yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and you nice. know what? It brought people into the room because yes. they all came to see... Well, I, I, I can't speak about what they all came to see. Many people, I anticipate, came to see Rings of Power because they don't know what Wheel of Time is. So I'm hoping it just generated, generated some more marketing fans. I already did see a tweet from someone who was in the audience at uh, New York Comic Con who had gone for Rings of Power and then saw everything for Wheel of Time and was like, what is this show? I need to watch it. Oh, good. So I'm hoping that's oh, the buzz. they're so excellent. We're just going to keep building off of Rings of Power because they do have the bigger budget, so we can spring springboard off of that yeah. until we get our red wedding moment. And I <laughs> sure know what that's going to be. Season three, look out. But there are lots of great moments ahead of us in season two. That wraps up our discussion for the New York Comic Con panel. Like I said, uh, this our next episode will be released as usual on Thursday, talking episode 7 of The Rings of Power. And then after that, we only have one more week to go on that before we 
jump back into the world of the Wheel of Time. I'll have to get back on that. I'm looking forward to rewatching that. Actually, it, it's been I have I kind of parked it since last Christmas, knowing that I would watch it before the new season came out. So I'm looking forward to get back in because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a great time. Feathery Mountain Podcast, you can find on all major podcasting platforms. We are on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Little Nook in the Wheel Reads Discord server. All links are in the description. You can email us at featherandmountainpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments about Nynaeve wielding a sword or what is around Egwene's neck and your thoughts on that design, you can send it to stabbystab at throughyoursphincter.com. Com. I was going to say, get a life and grow up at gmail.com. <laughs> Come on, kids. Let's just enjoy this stuff. It's outstanding. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bidip, bidip, bidip. That's out. <laughs>